I thought that I just wasn't meant to be happy. I feel at peace. I feel home. I feel alive. Even if it makes me nervous, even if it makes me anxious, ultimately it's going to be fine. Yeah, the richest place is the graveyard, right? Because people take their dreams with them. (laughs) Adulting can be hard, even scary. Adulting Horror Stories shares intimate tales of adulting fails and insights into how to avoid them. Hello, welcome to Adulting Horror Stories. I'm your host, Dion, and today I'm joined by John Emery of Life's Checkmark Podcast. How are you, John? Doing well, thank you. Glad to hear it. Can you tell the audience a little bit more about yourself and Life's Checkmark? Yeah, sure. A little bit about myself is I'm I'm father of two. I still do a nine to five, so doing the podcast is on the side and it's fun. I am getting to know a bunch of different people, different backgrounds, different stories. Or basically, they come on, they share their journey in life, the struggles they had, any wins that they had. It's just an open format, just a, a way to have a great conversation. And the idea behind it is people on the other end that might be going through this situation that they probably went through, probably think they're alone and have no support, can get no help. And hopefully they listen to something that these people have to share and how they got through stuff and they can go out and seek help themselves or, or know that they're not alone and that, you know, they can get through this as well. So that that's basically the mission of the podcast in itself. And it's been a great run so far and I'm enjoying getting to know people just like yourself. I appreciate that. Yeah. So, um, life check mark about people going through struggles in life um adulting horror stories can relate actually john and i were both in a say podcasters facebook group and he asked if anyone was interested in collaborating and i reached out to him and when we discussed like what both of our podcast topics are about we realized like there's definitely a lot of synergy there so actually i can say now probably announce it earlier than when this episode releases john interviewed me for an episode of his podcast, and now I'm interviewing him for an episode of mine. Today's episode will be about finding meaning in life or the struggle to do so. And as usual, I'll start with my personal horror story on the matter. I wanted to do this episode because it's a feeling that I've had for a while, but it's almost difficult to put into words. But When you're a child, there's often a story that's told to you about the path to take in life. Life's check marks, one could say. And it might be study hard in school, get into a good college, get a good job, keep your head down, put in extra hours, climb your way to the top, and you'll be successful. And there's an underlying assumption in there that obtaining that success will bring you happiness or fulfillment. And I think that is the primary thing that I've been unlearning over the past few years. Every part of that checklist has its caveats, but the primary one is none of that is actually guaranteed to make you happy. And so I've gone through moments in my life where I felt awful or worthless for one reason or another. 
And to cheer myself up, I'd remind myself of all the metrics of success that I was achieving. You know, I graduated, I got a good job. I was, you know, this ranking in my class. I make this much a year, whatever it is, right? And maybe that helps a little, but then it raises the question, then why are you still unhappy? Why are you still beating yourself up every day? And so for a while, I thought that I just wasn't meant to be happy, that no matter what I did, it wouldn't matter. I'd still be anxious all the time, and I still wouldn't actually gain any fulfillment from it. And that's really the horror story for me, just thinking I was cursed to live a life that I knew in many ways was a blessing, but ultimately to never enjoy it. I agree with that story. (laughs) Yes. So I'm gonna I'll piggyback off of that. I I totally agree with you. Uh, and yes, just like you said with the check mark, you know I there's a few ways I look at that, and that's why I created the check mark in itself. First, you know at the bottom of it where the V comes together is that's when I start thinking you're like 20 or so, and then you start rowing and you become an adult, right? That's how I kind of look at it. It's kind of like a slide. A kid goes down a slide, you're having fun, you don't care until you hit 20 or so, and then you're kind of climbing up, right? In that sense, that's kind of like where my life kind of went, right? And along with your story, I did get that feeling of getting a job, you know, what a job or a career, college, whatever it would turn out to be. For me, it just went, you know, I tried college and I went to a job in the between and that's where I went. Anyways, do that. You know, you're going to find someone, settle down with, have some kids and get a house or whatever, you know, whatever the story is that somebody created for you is how you're trying Mm -hmm. to live your life. And that is just the worst way to go. You know, you have, (laughs) you have to go ahead and live your life the way you want to live. And unfortunately it takes something so hard sometimes for people to wake up and realize that's what life is about. And that's what brings you happiness is you doing the stuff that you want to do. You know, you might make somebody pissed off because you're not doing what they want to do. But if they're with you, if they're your friend or loved one or whatever, they're going to support you and they should be next to you for a little bit. And then you go back next to them, too. So for me, backstory a little bit, you know, I am divorced and I was married for almost 15 years. And, you know, what an eye opener that has been for me. in the, in the worst and in the best kind of way. So it allowed Mm. me to create the podcast, which I kind of started prior. And then, you know, I went through my mental emotions and all that stuff, you know, trying to figure everything out. And, you know, so here I am today. Um, and now I have two, I still have two great kids. So everything I'm learning now, I'm trying to share with them. I went ahead and I jumped on the um, fitness bandwagon, as people might want to call it. And I hired a a fitness coach and he's been helping me for almost past six months, even though I was doing it for a year by myself. I had results, but not what I wanted. So I hired somebody and, you know, that was my physical part. So real quick for me, you know, I went through the emotions. I did the mental work, you know, that's kind of the road I went down. And then I went ahead and I did the physical work. And then spirituality kicked in. I don't, it's, it just seems like to be the process for me. So I started going to church back in like February, you know, for whatever reason, I started saying God or whatever, when I woke up, went to bed and then I, I'm like, all right, I got, you know, reach out to a friend. 
and I did, you know, that's was going to church and he's like, you know, he didn't push me or nothing. He just, you know, here's, here's a Bible I recommend buy it if you want. He couldn't find it. And so I bought it and, you know, I'll read it every morning for a little bit. And I've been going to church almost every day. So for like two, you know, since then, because the car broke down, I couldn't get there or whatever, but uh, <laughs> yeah, right. But so that's a new thing. And, and now I'll share with you now for me, it's business and finances. And it, this doesn't mean that this is the road that everybody has to take. It just so happens to be the one that I chose. And it just seems to be so rewarding. And I'll talk to people and I share with them, like, you know, I might struggle a little bit, but, you know, with some things going on, but I feel at peace. I feel home. I feel alive. You know, I could drive down the street and sing on the car and, you know, everybody else just looks like they're pissed off, you know, just driving <laughs> home from work or whatever. And I'm not that way, you know what I mean? And I got a, you know, I got a dog that I, I got last year. So thankfully I got that. And for me, I know I'm going off here, but for me, it just seems like all the pieces come together after something so tragic that you don't expect because you were already had in your head, like, this is my life. This is how it's going to go. And that's it. You know, no problems. Right. Um, yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of in a bit of a nutshell, but you know I mean? I, I kind of went out there pretty far for you. No. Yeah. No worries. I, I appreciate the whole story. I am curious um, when it came to starting to go to church, were you religious before and you just, you know, started to, get back more deeply into it or were you not religious at all and just felt something compel you in that direction? Sure. Great question. So growing up, my parents went to church sometimes. They didn't really push us as kids. You know, we had a Bible and that was pretty much it. Now, my mom's side, they're very religious. They are, you know, one's a pastor and they're always in church almost every Sunday for as much as I know still today. And then my father's side, yes, they'll believe in it, but they weren't the ones that really went. Okay. I think prior to my dad being an adult, they probably went as kids. I don't know for sure. So I don't know the last time I went into a church until most recently. It was probably when I was a kid or a young teenager. And for whatever reason, I, I wasn't praying. I wasn't doing anything like that. I, I dove into the stuff like, you know, trying to manifest, trying to goals and, you know, and just build myself up like that and listen to good, positive stuff. And then uh, it's it's really weird and hard to say. Just like one day I just started saying, you know, thank you. I, or no, that here we go. I, I will wake up and I say thank you just to be alive. And then I don't know how many months I've done that. And then after that, it, God just came out right after I said thank you. So then I'm like, okay, you know, and then it just kept going for a little bit, it was probably like a month. And then that's when I called my friend up and I'm like, I don't know what's going on. I'm just like, you know, this, this is how it's going. And he's like, well, you're curious, you know, you, you, you're trying to figure it out. And he's like, it's good. And yeah, so I joined his church and been going there since, like I said, since February and, uh, you know, taking the kids and whatnot. And I'm not pushing them. They're going with, I'm not pushing them to go and learn everything like they'll sit next to me they don't want to go to the kids stuff so yeah so that that's that's the backstory of me with the the religion and spirituality part of my life i do something similar like i do um i think it's like a gratitude meditation so just thinking about like three things you're grateful for mm -hmm. each day like when you wake up or before you go to bed 
but the version of it that I do doesn't have a religious aspect. It's just, you know, general gratitude. But I, th- I think it, one way or another, it has its benefits. Yeah, I agree with that. And I do do that. You know, I write three things I'm grateful for as well. It's just for me, when I started to read the Bible, I'm like, okay, I'll just read a little bit every day. And I just started doing doing that as well. So I guess I'm curious, um, just for like the understanding, the process of realization, right? When you first were like, this is not the way I want to live life. I want to start doing things differently. What was the what was the turning point for you? Was it the divorce specifically? Was there anything beforehand that made you start to make changes? Like, what was the moment that made you realize it? Sure. Um, so I worked at a place for almost twenty years since I was eighteen or whatever, and through that time, I was starting to learn like real estate and all that stuff. And that, I was like, okay, that's my way out. You know, eventually buy houses and rentals and all that good stuff. And I got a few and, you know, then I got married, had kids and, you know, that kind of went to the wayside. So in that time, I th- I felt like my mind was kind of expanding, kind of looking for other avenues, kind of get picking up different vibes and, you know, good, good things about what else is out there that a lot of people don't want to listen to and find out, you know, th- there's all these things that's real that anybody can do, but everybody thinks the rich can do, Right. And that, and that's just like, that's like the money, the finance aspect of it. So that's, that kind of, I felt like that kind of started for me. And then I lost my job, you know, after 20 years, uh, they decided to close the place. It wasn't to COVID. It was just like, we're not cutting it. We're not making money, whatever, you know? And so I was like one of the last, last of the five or four people there. We had to clean out the whole facility. And I forget how many square feet, but it, you know, all the machines go on X, you know, and I'm like, at first, I was like, oh, this sucks, you know what I mean? But then I was like, "This is here's a window. You know what I mean? Like, this is my opportunity to try to expand and go do something I've been wanting to do because I've been there for 20 years and I probably would still be there. You know what I mean? Like, because I was stuck in that, go to work, come home, take care of the kids, you know, do all this stuff. And so that kind of moved me a little bit as far as, you know, I connected with a guy I knew. I knew stuff about insurance that is completely different than what a a lot of people know about. So I kind of dabbled in that. And then, you know, I was looking for jobs, but I was also trying to create something on the side. And that kind of fell, that kind of hit home a little bit more, you know, as far as me and their mother at the time. And uh, yeah, so um, that, you know, that and every other things led up to the divorce. And then, you know, I'll be honest with you, I, you know, I was, not me the way I am now. I was dumbfounded. I was like, what the, you know, and trying mm-hmm. to figure, trying to figure all out, like most of these men do. And unfortunately, you know, there's like 10 men a day, I think commit suicide over divorce because they, they can't handle it. Um, wow. they, they think, yeah, right. And I'll be honest, I found somebody to help me out. This was prior to the word divorce. I was just like, dude, I'm trying to figure this all out. I don't know what's going on. And he's like, it's all right. Yeah. You know, so I talked to him here and there. And when that, word came, I was more prepared than I was prior to that. Like, okay. You know what I mean? I was like, that that's just what it is. Since then, it's been me working on myself, doing all the things I shared with you. And that I felt like that was the big switch. And now, of course, you don't want to say that I wish, I hope I can't wait to be divorced. Right. But you know, I look at it as an <laughs> opportunity. Yeah, I know it, it's, it's the worst and it's the worst and the best things sometimes depending on who it is. Right. 
and you know things that happen for you know they happen for you not to you so that took a while for me to get and and i feel like it's ha- it happened for me so now i can talk to people like yourself and i'm talking to all these other people and here i am sharing my story with you and hopefully it touches some somebody else at least one person right so that was a big switch too. And then now I'm meeting all these great people and I hired the coach and you know I'm in network groups now. And this one guy says, aim for the stars because you're going to pass the moon, right? So I feel like that's where I'm headed. So I did have a bunch of little things that added up in a way to get me to where I am. Okay. For me, I guess I'll talk about the changes that I made. And I think the main thing was just realizing like the metrics that I was using and the goals I was setting for myself that were based on, you know, what I've been told to do for years just weren't going to make me happy. And the things that did bring me the most joy and make me feel like I had an impact in the world just didn't have much to do with like the grades I had or the degree I got or whatever else. And so I spent the last few years, like letting go of like the corporate or financial definition of success and, you know, defining my personal definition, which some of the things that include are just, you know, being happy by myself, like not needing to like necessarily talk to anyone or um, do a specific activity just to be happy, just being okay, like being on my own not being so influenced by what other people say about me. You know, there's there's always going to be some effect, but like not feeling like every comment needs to like be addressed or be analyzed. Having hobbies and passions to pursue, that's something that's been really important to me. When I was younger, there's a lot of things I enjoyed that I sort of held off on because I said, no, I need to focus on school, my job, whatever it was. And it's like, just, you know, diving back into those, because those are the things that actually bring me joy in my life. Spending time with people that actually add to my life. There there was a time when just like, for networking purposes, right, you might spend a lot more time around people that you really don't enjoy being around, because the potential networking benefits, the opportunities that are extended to you are increased. And I don't know if that ever fully stops, but I think the balance for me was off. I was doing that more than seeking out people that actually like I'm happy to be around and that add to my life. And I wanted to just, you know, switch that ratio in a way. And then the last thing is drowning out my own negative thoughts with positive ones. When you've been in that mindset for a long time, it's it's not like it's just a switch, right? You might recognize that they're negative thoughts, but it's another thing to make them stop. And so that was going to be my next question for you, right? You've changed your life in a lot of ways, made a lot of improvements, you know, are a different person than you were, you know, months, if not years ago. But do like the negative feelings ever return? And what do you do to prevent that feeling? Yeah. Um, as far as the relationship, nothing. I don't get that anymore. You know what I mean? That that was probably after, you know, we went our separate ways and yeah, that's gone. I couldn't tell you how long that took, but it took some time, but it, you know, it wasn't, you know, I guess after you learn to accept it and say, yeah, I'm done, then you can kind of walk away from that and you have to become the better person and know that things will be good for you for whatever reason. So for me, any negative thoughts whatsoever, I start with my morning routine and a lot of people preach this and and I 
I'll, I'll support them, back them up. You know, whatever it is you find that works for you, works for you. If it's going to make you happy and get you through the day and you feel alive and rewarded, then do what that is. For me, I'll share with you what I do is I'll wake up, I'll make my bed, and I will say, you know, thank you, God, for another beautiful day. That's that's exactly what I do. And then I'll do my little things and, you know, I'll grab my coffee, I'll sit down and I'll listen to a YouTube video of motivation or whatever for 10 minutes while I'm, I'm drinking it. And then I'll do a 10 minute meditation, close my eyes. You know, I'm not the best meditator, but I'll tell you what, you know, you, you put the past behind you and you focus on the present. And that's, that's where everybody's got to live. They got to live in the present. And then I'll write what I'm grateful for, you know, three times and I'll read a, a verse in the Bible. And that's how I set my morning before I get up, you know, before I'm getting ready for work and everything like that. There's other things I want to do. You know, I just sent a list to somebody yesterday and I'll hit on that. You know, eventually I'll start doing different things and more more health wise. But I feel the morning is the best way to get rid of your negative thoughts because you're trying to put yesterday behind you. And I find myself now more than ever to be more present when I'm with somebody, when I am, you know, trying to focus on some kind of material or whatever, you know, i I'm out with my kids. We sit at the restaurant and you you look around and half the people are on their phones and stuff and they're in front of the person that they love and care about the most. But yet that, you know, those three people that are, hey, I need her help or whatever, you know, they, they don't even see them, you know, and it's, it's stuff like that that just, and I, 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 my kids are 10 and 13. I'm like, look, you know, because my kids sit on their phone all the time. I'm like, do you see what's going on? And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> so we have, we have those conversations, you know. I'm like, were you on yours? No. I'm like, good. You know what I mean? Uh, yes, they sit in the car and they're on it in the car. That's something I have to work on. It's a whole nother story. But but when you're out and you're face to face and you're trying to have a good time, you know, sitting down and eating at a restaurant that you don't do all the time, you know, that's when you got to be there, like, you know, and listen and and just take it all in for what these people are. So the negative thoughts like, you know, I could sit here and go, well, I wonder where my next podcast guest is coming from. You just do it. You just, you just go out and you start reaching out to people. You don't just wait for them to come to you, you know. And you, you could say, you know, if that was something that worked for you. Because I just put it, it – I just put what this was in, in a group and, and people chimed in and, and they jumped on. And, you know, I got like two or three others collaborating so because it worked out well. I think that's probably all I got for negative thoughts. I, I don't – for me, I don't get them all the time. I do. I am struggling sometimes here and there, but you know, I, and I'll sit back and I'll relax and, and it, you know, you like take it in for a little bit. And then you, if you listen to something that says, get off your butt and do this, then you put the phone down and you get up and you just start doing once, once you take an action, man, that you got the, you got the motivation. You just keep on driving. Your thoughts go away. Exercise. It's a huge component to getting rid of any stress or anything but yeah so so many thoughts phone addiction could be its own like horror story in itself because i don't i don't actually think a lot of people just think to themselves like i want to ignore my family while we're at dinner mm -hmm. it's more so once you are sort of used to having this stimulation like something to look at some video some meme some text message it's hard to let go of that stimulation, especially for something like having dinner with your family, which is going to have like slow moments or quiet moments from time to time, and which can be more awkward. 
potentially depending on like what your family dynamic is right sure talking about like yeah get, getting podcast guests I am legitimately surprised every single time someone says yes. It's not like I go in assuming they're all going to say no. It's more so just like the enthusiasm with which anyone says yes is always a surprise to me. I'm like, oh, you you want to do this? You want to sit and stare at me on camera for an hour and 15 minutes? Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you're definitely doing a lot better at like, avoiding negative thoughts than I am. For me, I usually have to like ground it in some realism. My thoughts are usually like dramatic in a sense, right? And I kind of have to stop and say, no, this is specifically what is happening. It is not actually a big deal and you're doing it perfectly fine and you'll be better every single time you do it from now on. And that kind of helps me say like, even if it makes me nervous, even if it makes me anxious, ultimately it's going to be fine. And that's usually how I overcome those moments. Mm -hmm. For someone who's trying to make these changes in their own life right now, what are some of the maybe questions you ask yourself, resources you use, in order to say, in order to determine like what what's right for you, right? I think um, sometimes people get, inf like I said, people get influenced by what other people say, by this ad you saw on TV, whatever it may be. What advice do you have for people that when they think like they want to make a change in their life, they want to buy something, they want to start a new hobby, whatever it is, making sure that um, it's based on their own desire, and not say some outside influence. Yeah, uh, do it. Don't hesitate. Whatever it is, you know. What I mean, because um, I I hear you know the richest place is the graveyard, right? People go because they take their dreams with them. With them. <laughs> yeah, they're, that's they're, yeah. They take their dreams with them that they could, you know. Not that it was had to be wealth, but they they took that with them. They never even tried. Never did anything that they really wanted to do that they would find life fulfilling. And they wind up just laying in the grave, you know, with whatever thoughts, whatever ideas they had, you know, because people put them down or whoever they hung around with, you know, they just, well, why would they listen to me? They, you know, they're not, they won't agree with this. Right. So, yeah. So, and in that sense, you find your circle, right. And I don't know if I shared this with you already, but, you know, my circle was like this. It was friends of friends because of somebody else, you know, in a relationship and, after that, mm -hmm. you know, it, it shrunk, you know, and, and people hang in there and, you know, and now I'm working on myself. So now it's even smaller. But with the amount of people I found in that small circle, it grew so much bigger because there's a lot more people out there thinking the way you're thinking as well. You just got to find them. So you could join the network groups. If you're struggling with anything mentally, physically, all that stuff, anything, just get a coach, consultant, whatever it is, hire it, hire them. You know, there's a price tag for everything, but there's also a value with that price tag. And they're going to get you somewhere so much quicker than you are on your own, reading through articles, right, taking all these notes, forgetting what it was. You know, somebody's going to keep pushing you every day, uh, every week, whatever it is when you guys meet. You know, I, I meet with my fitness coach once a week for an hour. And right now we're just like running right through our the program, the exercise program. After that, we're talking about other stuff. You were talking about growing businesses and everything else, you know, and you build a relationship then sometimes with these people that you have. So don't quit. 
try, you know, do something. Don't say try because trying is not doing it. So you want to do it and you want to work on it and you want to commit to something, right? And if those people around you aren't there to support you and push you, then they're probably not supposed to be around you. And if they're bringing you down, they're bringing you down for a reason because you're on the right track. You're going to a better place than where you are now. They just don't want to see you get there. Seek help if you need it for whatever it is and just commit to doing whatever your dream and goals are. Things are rough. Things are tough, but it's definitely well worth it. Is there... Have you ever had a goal in your life that you realized, not necessarily that like it wasn't worth pursuing, but like maybe you just had to pivot in a sense, right? So for example, maybe you were originally wanting to start a sports podcast, but somewhere along the line, you realized your real passion or the thing that you're best at is something more on the life coaching side. I'm curious what questions you ask or how you come to that decision only because I do think sometimes um, in like in the process of like finding the thing that truly makes you happy, you might think it's one way and it's something else, or you, you might think it's down one path and it's something else. And so um, there is a side of like, do what makes you happy. But I also think there's a side of like, reflect back on it and ask yourself somewhere along the line, does this still feel right? And I'm curious what that looks like for you. Yeah. Uh, so real quick, I'll go back. You know, first I thought it was real estate, right? And, mm-hmm. you know, that was me trying to be the landlord and eventually got a property manager. So if I, I was to go back into that, I don't have anything anymore, then I would probably be on the passive side and have somebody look for the deals and do all that stuff because that's the part I didn't like. I didn't like dealing with all that stuff. So that would be a shift for me, you know, since going through that. Outside of that, I did start interviewing people on Facebook Live for business owners. And I did 10 of them. And this was prior to my relationship problems. And then I stopped and I went to an event and I sat next to a guy at breakfast and we were just talking. He's like, oh, what do you want to do? Yeah, and it was a podcast event kind of deal. You know, at least a lot of people there had podcasts. And I'm like, well, you know, I want to do this, do that. And he's like, well, you got 10 of them already. I'm like, yeah, but they're like almost a year old. I'm like, who's going to listen to that? You know, he's like, well, just strip because these were videos, right? So he's like, just strip the strip the audio, throw it up as a podcast. You got your 10 and you just start going from there. Now, that's what I started with. I did exactly that. But they were mostly business owners because at the time I was trying to do the insurance and all that stuff. And and um, so I switch, I switch gears and I start talking to people about their journeys and stuff. And that's where I feel more fulfilled than ever. Them coming on to have a voice to share what they are going through or went through. So who, thousands, millions, whoever, you know, can hear this one day. It doesn't have to be today that is it's released. It could be a year from now. And that might be just that one moment that person hits and go, oh, yeah, yeah, I need that. And that's more rewarding than ever. And I, you know, I'll get posts every once in a while, you know, that they like, you know, the podcast and all that stuff. And, and that's just what drives me to keep going. And the other thing is always remember why you started. If you feel like you're going to quit, always remember why you started, because that's the most important thing that's going to keep on going. And then there's another thing I can add on Ed Milet's new book, One More Day. 
you're, you're ready to quit today. Just give yourself one more day, whatever it is, and get through that day. And then one more day and get through the next day and one more day. And it's just being consistent, doing small steps over time that you'll get to the, where you want to be. Did you say that that was a book that said that? Yes. Uh, power. I'm sorry. I, I said the wrong thing. Yeah. The power of one more. The power of one more. Okay. So it sounds to me like for you, it, it kind of was a natural transition, right? One thing wasn't necessarily working. You kept going on in life, you know, keeping your mind open. And eventually something that did work came to you in a conversation at a conference. Yeah. I found something interesting. And then I found it where I became passionate about it. And now I feel it's more of my purpose. You know, and that's kind of like where I'm headed. Awesome. I think for me, the thing that I ask myself, I don't know, maybe, maybe that's me being too analytical, but I feel like I try, maybe I don't go with the flow. I try to have some type of metric around it. And for me, it's been, do I enjoy it? Am I good at it? Does it feel like work are like the three? And maybe am I good at it? It's like a little bit lower on priority because if you enjoy it, it doesn't matter how good you are at it. But um, that's what's like motivated me to keep doing the podcast. Basically, I'll record a you know nice long podcast episode, and even just editing it and listening to the conversation over again, I'll be laughing at some of the parts and like remembering how much I enjoyed the conversation the first time. So you ask your these three questions to you for a lot of things. I guess for me, it's for like anything that's not a life essential, right? Like. You probably need to make money somehow. You probably need to buy groceries. You probably need to do chores. So it's like any way that I'm spending my time, where I'm going to go on vacation, who I'm going to go with, what podcast I'm going to do, what activities I'm going to go to during the week, meaning am I going to go to a wine and paint event? Am I going to go to a barbecue in the park? Am I going to go to like some bar or something? I kind of ask myself, will I actually enjoy this or will this almost feel like work to do? Hobby-wise, too, there's hobbies I used to do that I don't do anymore as well because I just realized, at least right now, I've outgrown them. I don't enjoy them as much as I used to. But then there's hobbies I've actively chosen to get back into because I miss them. So when you say, am I good at it, do you feel like you're restricting yourself there? Potentially. That's why I said it's it's like it matters less, right? You, you shouldn't have to be good at it in order to want to do it. But I think I am still focused on continuous improvement. And so I don't know. It's like it's almost like to want to continuously improve is to want to be good. It almost leads to asking yourself if you're good at it, if that makes sense. You should just tell yourself you're good at it and you got this and you're going to just keep going. And then that, and then you create and you get better. Yeah. And that's what I was going to say. Like, it, that doesn't mean it's the that that thinking is the right thinking. It's just it's just what I'm doing right now. All right. Cool. Yeah. But that concludes my questions for today. I want to thank you for coming on. It was a really fun conversation, both this one and the previous one we had. Can you tell the audience where they can find you? Yeah, absolutely. So you can look me on Facebook, Jonathan Emery. You can look me up, E-M-E-R-Y. There's a life's checkmark Facebook group. So you can jump on that. And if there's something in there where it says you have to become a member, whatever, just type in where you heard it from and I would know. But yeah, we can friends on Facebook, Facebook Messenger, all that. Uh, email is lifescheckmark at gmail.com. 
And then, of course, there's the podcast of Life's Checkmark. It's on Apple. It's on Spotify and a bunch of other platforms. You can't miss it. It's got the big orange checkmark with a little guy going up the top of the checkmark. So, yeah, that's probably the best way to connect with me. And, you know, I'm always looking for people that have stories that want to share and we can collaborate or whatever it is. Yeah, definitely check him out. I peruse technically his Facebook, John's Facebook, and just look through a few clips of his past episodes. And there are definitely some powerful stories in there of just overcoming some really tough challenges. Mm -hmm. Thank you all for listening. Don't forget to leave a review and check out my feedback survey in the description. Fun fact about that feedback survey Someone pointed out to me that it required you originally to like input your email. And I know people don't want to do that. So I shut that off. I didn't realize that setting was on. To be a guest on the show, hit me up on Facebook and Instagram at adultinghs or by email at adultinghs at gmail.com. With that said, this has been Adulting Horror Stories and I'll see you in the next one. She might come back in. I left the door cracked, so but that's all right. I don't complain about dog noises on podcasts. Okay. People noises can be not fun, but the dogs are always fine. <laughs>